A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. <laughs> Alrighty, folks, it's Rob D, the Dead Pull Hitter. This is the Pull Hitter Patreon exclusive that is unlocked for the day. Trying to give everyone a sneak peek into what I am doing over at the Patreon, as I included a sneak peek into the starting pitcher pod that I did with Matt Modica, as well as the lineup tool to help you set your NFC lineups and help you in your daily leagues as well. Uh, this is just a hot corner news and notes. I basically take a look at the box scores from the day before, break down some of the hitting performances, the pitching performances, and then I try to um, date back maybe a couple of weeks and stuff just to capture some stolen base highlights and stuff like that. So every day is different. I try to look at um, some different statistics, but mostly I hone in on stolen bases, um, home runs, barrels, swing and miss stuff, save leaders of the day, and then I get into the box scores. And the main thing of the box scores is I try to bring light of some of the most under-owned players in the main event and online championships, so not players that you're going to hear every day, like Mike Trout and Joey Otani. We all know what they're doing, and um, sometimes that might include a struggling player that is uh, highly owned and highly coveted, stuff like that, but mostly I'm trying to bring in light the under-rostered players that kind of are having good good days, good weeks, good months, etc. And so then we can make actionable moves to either roster them or trade for them in trading leagues and, and stuff like that. So I'm just going to get right into it and go into the stolen bait highlights on a day. The league was 10 for 15 on the season, 748 for 951. That is a 78.6% success rate. We were hovering above 79% for a little while. Now it's dipped below that. The 2022 success rate was 75.4%. Bobby Witt Jr. had two stolen bases yesterday. That gives him 10 on the season now to go along with six jacks. And I included a snapshot of players who have five or more jacks and 10 or more stolen bases so far this season. That includes Ronald Acuna Jr., Jorge Mateo, Corbin Carroll, Bobby Witt Jr., and Jazz Chisholm. Um, going back to the stolen base front, Astoria Ruiz stole stolen base at his 17th stolen base of the year. Uh, Lars Newbar and Riley Green each stole one, and they each have four on the season now. 
I also included in the write-up, you can see in my notes that I have updated um, the stolen opportunity, stolen base opportunity rate sheet. So I include team level and also individual levels taken from baseball reference that shows the team level and individual level stolen base opportunity attempt rate. And for every, obviously you have to have a stolen base opportunity. So you have to have that clear base ahead of you to go. And so stolen base opportunity is something to look at. And then the stolen base opportunity attempt rate is just how many attempts you have versus the chances you have to go. So um, the great article on rotowire.com years ago by Rob Silver that kind of got into, it was more about Alberto Mondesi than the stolen base opportunity attempt rate, but it really got me understanding the the large picture of a whole for stolen base opportunities. So, and also the ability that you have to have the ability to, to get on base as well to help that. So, um, and some of the quick things I noticed too, just Jorge Mateo is like his stolen base opportunity attempt rate is 46.67%, which the league average is 6.3% this year. So he's getting the opportunities to go. Um, very limited. He's only had 30 stolen base opportunities and 14 attempts on those. That is fantastic, but that's a high rate to keep up. Um, a story with Reese on a similar front, only 42 stolen base opportunities and 17 stolen bases. So um, for a little understanding, I guess, of the opportunities that one can have, Marcus Simeon, Nico Horner, obviously these leadoff hitters who have a better chance to go right because they're getting on with nobody on possibly to start the game um and you know you'll see the leadoff hitters at the top of the list uh marcus simeon nico horner brandon nimmo they all have 91 90 89 stolen base opportunities and so we'll look at nico horner who has 12 stolen bases one of the league leaders he has 14 attempts and 90 opportunities so that's a 15.5 percent stolen base opportunity attempt rate. So you can see the difference between him and Mateo. Uh, that's just large difference. So Mateo's taking advantage of every opportunity he has. And obviously, too, when you're a leadoff hitter, you have to worry about, you know, having the guys behind you, too, that you don't, you know, teams are a little maybe more reluctant to go right away, you know, with the guy on first. But um, I included the link to the, um, to the Google worksheet that shows the player level and it also shows the team level from 2022 to 2023 so you could see the difference in each team's stolen base opportunity attempt rate from year to year so the teams that are taking advantage um more from last year to this year and the league leader so far in the differential and the plus side is the pittsburgh pirates they have a plus 2.9 percent um stolen base opportunity attempt rate difference from last season um teams that the team that swung with the worst on the other side is the Texas Rangers so far at minus 4.5%. So um, very interesting stuff, I think, if you want to just take a look at it. I think it really helps to have people understand the stolen base um, league-wide trends and team-level trends. And again, having the opportunity to go is what you need to go. So anyway, let's move on into home runs on the day 19 league-wide no one had multiple home runs Aaron Hicks hit his first home run since September 23rd of last year Ty France hit his second jack of the year and that's its first since opening day um included the jack ball leaders of the past 14 days Brandon Drury Brent Rooker and Christian Walker with six and players with five include Salvador Perez Josh Young Paul Goldsmith and Byron 
Buxton Barrel Leaders on the day, multiple with Jock Peterson and Jesus Sanchez. Um, since I love pull hitters and have been one all my life, both on the field and off, I included a little leaderboard that I like to look at. It is the percentage of batted balls that are pulled barrels. So just basically looking at the players who are pulling um, barrels as a percentage of their full batted balls. And it just kind of gets into, I think, a good look onto some of them, you know, guys who are tapping into their power more often than others. And... There's some interesting names at the top of that list if you either sort by pull barrel percentage or the actual um, amounts you'll see some some interesting players who have some um a large increase this year in their output guys like jack Sawinski, um james outman patrick wisdom jonah heim um jake berger so take a look at the list, take a look at the leaderboard, see if it's something you like, and maybe it's something you want to start incorporating into your analysis or whatever. Um, saves on the day, Will Smith, Jason Adam, Carlos Estevez, and Ryan Helsley. Jason Adam been on fire, uh, picking up for anyone who maybe possibly speculated him or had him on their rosters and inserted him once Peter Fairbanks got hurt. Uh, in zone with leaders of the day, John Gray at 12, Freddie Peralta at 10, JP Sears at 9, Marcus Stroman and Esther Cortez with seven. I also included a little leaderboard for the most in zone whiffs with in zone whiff percentage on the season. And Spencer Strider leads the league in 78 pitches in the zone that got whiffs for a 29.4% in zone whiff rate. JP Sears, who also pitched yesterday, is uh, fifth in the league behind McClanahan, uh, Spencer Strider, McClanahan, Lance Lynn, and Shohei Otani. He's there with 57. Swinging strikes in the zone, um, swinging misses in the zone for 25% in zone whiff rate for Mr. J.P. Sears. Um, all right, so now let's look at some box scores. Jack, Zach McKinstry yesterday, two for four with a run, a ribby, and a walk. He's 55% owned in the main event, 45% started, and he's also 5% owned in the online championship. He was added in nine-man event leagues this Sunday for his versatility and also that he is a uh, Three games this uh, scoring period, Monday to Thursday versus right-handed pitchers, and five total games this week versus right-handed pitchers, and that's where he plays. He's leading off versus righties. So uh, plug and play there, and possibly for the rest of the season hold, if he gets the opportunity to bat versus lefties, will be an added bonus. Riley Green, in the last 14 days, he's batting 347 with one jack, two stolen bases, and it's really brought down his K percentage to 30.6%. Uh, by only striking out 21% of time in the last 14 days. So I think it's being, he's being more aggressive in the zone and chasing less, both decisions that lead to better outcomes. You can check that out on fan graphs, rolling charts. Um, Andy Abanez, two for three, three runs, a homer, a ribby, a walk, and two hard-hit balls. Uh, 30-year-old Andy Abanez getting a chance to uh, get his major league career you know, up and going again. He has started in eight of the ten, past 10 games since he's been called up. He's playing all around the diamond, including first, third, left, DH, second, right, third, second. <laughs> it's crazy. But in 28 PAs, he has uh, one jack, only striking out 18% of the time, three barrels for a 13.6% barrel rate, and a 63% hard hit rate. So might be a guy you just toss in your roster list to see if he can continue this stretch of games. Joey Wentz, five and two-thirds, three hits, three earned runs, five Ks, and three walks. He continues to alternate decent games with terrible ones. He has no consistency at all. I included a little game log picture, and you could see just flip-flopping between games. It's, um, his cutter usage yesterday, though, was the highest 
of any start this year with a velo bump of 2.6 miles per hour. So he killed six inches of vertical break and an inch of horizontal break. He also got three whiffs on 12 swings, plus four course strikes for a 27% CSW on the cutter, which is slightly under league average, which 28.6 for cutters. He does not have a single pitch that registers more than 8.3% swing and strike wet, uh, rate versus lefties. And um, that's just troublesome. Uh, for Seema gets 2% swing and strike versus lefties. He's a lefty himself when, so this is lefty on lefty. Uh, the curve, 8.3 swing and strike rate. The cutter, 4.8 swing and strike rate. So I think he just needs to have more effectiveness to put lefties down and keep the less balls in play. He had to improve his own percentage um, from this year, which is good. Um, it's helping him out. A little bit keep the walks uh, even more in check, but I think he's uh, got to find some effectiveness on swing and miss versus lefties. Tanner Bybee, um, he had a worst game of his major league career. Um, in the four seamer topped out at 96 8, sits 94 7. He got 13 swings, no whiffs on it, but plus four call strikes for a 13% CSW on it, and 100% zone contact. Um, his other three pitches was really good. Seven whiffs on 15 swings for a 47% whiff rate. After three starts, he's got 14 and two-thirds of an inning. 14 and two-thirds innings pitched. Um, and with a 23.8 to 6.3 K to walk percentage and a 1.4 whip. The first pitch strike is at 54%. The league average for starting pitchers is 62%. Swing and strike rate. Uh, percentage is 9.6 league average for starters is 10.8 and the ball percentage is 39% league average for starters is 36% I like to include the starting pitcher percentage versus the, the relievers they come in and do different things with different attacks so I like to break that up when I look at my analysis just helps me understand more it's not huge differences in them but um, I like to get as micro as I can when I do that analysis but all those numbers lead me to be a little wary of the low walk percentage at the moment, which is at 6.3%. He did show some walk tendencies in the minors. Um, but from research by Baseball HQ on ball percentage, pitchers with a 39% ball rate tend to have an expected walk percentage of 9.6%. So he needs to hit them. He needs to get more strikes in there to keep that walk rate from ballooning up, which would make his... Um, Outings even less efficient, and so given the fact that he had 14 and two-thirds innings and three starts, that could be worrisome. So just something to keep a tab on with Tanner Bybee. Mitch Keller, nine innings pitch, four hits, eight Ks, and a walk, 103 pitches. He is 20th in Major League starters in K-minus walk percentage with 20.7%. Um, for starters this season with at least 25 innings pitched, 40% whiff rate on his four team yesterday, eight whiffs, 20 swings uh, with a 67% zone contact, 30% uh, CSW overall with a 36% O-swing. I just love what Mitch Keller is doing. He's just become a complete pitcher, and it's awesome to see. So good for Mitch Keller and anyone who I had some early DC shares, but not enough, and I wish I ponied up a little bit for him when it came to big leagues. Luke Rayleigh, two for four, two runs, a homer, and a ribby, two hard-hit balls. He has eight jacks and 85 plate appearances this season with 12 barrels. For 25% barrel rate. He's 49% and owned in main event. He got picked up in 16 main event leagues. And was one of my recommendations this week. In my fab pod plus notes. Given the fact that he had a 7 game week. And 6 versus righty. He doesn't play versus all the righties. 
Tampa Bay has a stretch right now where they <laughs> face 19 straight right-handed pitching. It's pretty wild, and they got three more coming up. And they basically just been platooning their players like have like they have been facing lefties, just to um, like Josh Lowe and Luke Rayley. They just haven't been playing versus all the righties. So um, just getting in the game and ripping the ball. So if he has some full games, like full weeks like this, seven game weeks, Luke Rayley, or um, a four game Monday to Thursday, just take advantage of those. Um, even stream them when you see like he might. Just look at the uh, lineup tracker on Fangraphs or any lineup tracker, maybe Baseball Reference if you prefer that one, and just see when he sits and then just anticipate maybe getting him for the next two games starting. If you're in a daily league, try to jump ahead of that. Uh, Josh Lowe did hit his seventh jack of the year, 113 miles per hour off the bat. A new career high, Max EV. In the past five days, he has set two new career Max EVs, 118. 111.8 he had on um, May 3rd after coming into the season with its hardest hit ball at 107.2. He is pulling 40% of his fly balls this season after averaging 17.6% in 2022. He needs another guy on the list of percentage of batted balls that are pulled barrels. So really tapping into that as being effective to help his OPS and his slug and all that stuff. J.J. Bleday, who is 98% owned in the main event now, 44% owned in the OCs. He did not start for the second straight game that Oakland faced a lefty pitcher, but did get in the game after Ramon Laureano slammed into the wall. Um, the outfield is only going to get more crowded when Seth Brown returns. This um, JJ Bleday really wanted to target him this weekend in the mains, and I got outbid. I wanted to kind of stash him to see how the future playing time would be, um, given if he gets any chances versus lefties. And just tough, it's tough to own a left-handed platoon hitter um, in a stacked, in not a stacked outfield, but they're going to have a lot of options once Brown returns too. I anticipate Oriano being off that team soon, so. Uh, Wilson Contreras, you know, gotta love how he responded to being becoming the scapegoat of a failed year that includes um, a roster full of 26-plus players and a whole team and organization full of leaders and coaches and managers, and it's all Wilson Contreras' fault, folks. Um, it's like they haven't seen him play in the last fucking six years in the same division. Uh, two for four, though, with a run, a double, two ribbies, three hard-hit balls, including a new career high max TV. Of 117.5. His previous max was 116.2. So good for you, Wilson. I hope you fucking rake the rest of the year and force yourself back behind the plate. Ma uh, Marcus Stroman, eighth in qualified SPs in ERA at 2.28. Um, he had a, another solid game yesterday against the Cardinals where he threw six innings pitched. Um... Letting up only four hits, two earned runs, a walk, and six Ks on 89 pitches. He, um, the 23.7% K rate at the high of his career and 3.5% better than his career average. So just working his pitch mix up and down every game. He throws different pitches for his high usage and from game to game. It's just really, really awesome to see. He's a craftsman right now at starting pitching for sure. Gavin Sheets went one for three with a run, a homer, and a ribby. He's 74% on the main event, 16% in OCs. He was scooped up in 37, 36 main event leagues this week. Um, that's what happens when you couple a seven-game week versus all right-handed pitchers and you're a lefty bat with plus no Eloy Jimenez. 
Eloy Jimenez equals a great streamer right there for Gavin Sheets. Hanzo Alberto went one for four with two ribbies. Makes him seven for 22 in his last five games with two homers, four runs, seven ribbies. Full game, a full week this week for him, perhaps, Monday to Thursday. Um, wasn't picked up in any main, but I picked him up in one of my auction leagues. Uh, anticipated Moncada coming back this weekend. So I hope he does get every single game Monday to Thursday and just grabs me. Some hits, that would be huge. Um, Nick Prado, two for three with a run, a double, three ribbies, two walks, two hard hit balls. He's 81% owned in main events now, 13% owned in OCs. Since his recall on April 28th, he has hit 400 with a 591 BABIP. How does one even get a 591 BABIP? But he's got one jack and nine ribbies since his recall. Playing every day, pretty much, and he got a chance to play versus a start versus a lefty as well um, in one of the recent games they played versus a lefty. So it's good to see. Good to see Nick Prado succeeding, uh, although you got to watch out for that Babbitt, too. I don't anticipate him hitting 330 um, or that, but nonetheless, he's he's in there and he's producing. So you got to get him in your lineups if you can. Taylor Ward went 3-4 for four with a two runs, a double, and four hard-hit balls. After a seven-game stretch where he was out of the leadoff spot for the longest stretch of the season, he went 7 for 26 with 11 hard hit balls. He is back leading off, and it's just something getting back on track, getting back in the leadoff spot. He actually, I was actually fortunate enough to pick him up this weekend in uh, the online championship team I share with Ryan Venancio at Ven slash Armbarn on Twitter. And um, I was shocked to see him on the free agent list, and uh, we paid up 158 bucks to get him, and I'm super excited um, to add him to a team. So. I um, hope he keeps this up and leads off for the Angels. John Gray, seven innings pitch, four hits, an earned run, eight Ks. The velo was up across the board, 0.7 miles per hour on the four-seamer, 3.3 miles per hour on the slider, which actually killed two inches of drop and eight inches of horizontal break on the pitch. The slider got 67% whiff, 10, swing, 10 swings, 10 whiffs on 15 swings, plus eight call strikes for a 49% CSW, a 32% O swing, and a 44% zone contact. The 42% slider usage was his highest of the season, and his 31% four-seam usage was the lowest of the season. I included some pictures on the notes to tell the um, the slider effectiveness versus right-handed bat story, which included 50% usage versus righties with 36% swing and strike, 52% CSW, and a 66% ground ball rate after having previous season averages of 19% swing and strike rate. So he bumped that up 17% in this game. The CSW went from 33 to 52, and the ground ball percentage versus righties went 54 to 66. So you can see the effectiveness at the slider, the tighter slider had versus the righties. Um, but then you can see in the swing and strike rate chart that I showed versus righties that um, he got his swing and misses away. So he was able to kind of put the slider in the zone more to show it in the zone, and then... Whenever he had to go to that wipeout pitch, he put it outside the zone, and they couldn't hit it. So, fantastic. I included also a slider heat map from 2023, so you kind of get to see where he put the balls yesterday and where he puts his sliders normally during the season. The stark difference. Um, Dorejo Sanchez, 2 for 3, with 2 doubles, uh, an RBI, and 3 hard-hit balls. He's 13% owned in the main event. In the last 14 days, he's 12 for his last 32, 375 average, 500 BABIP. Two jacks and a stolen base. He's got six barrels in that span. 27% barrel rate. And a 68% hard hit rate. 
He's still got a 30% K rate and a 15% swing and strike rate. The thing is, I don't like is he's still not starting versus lefties, even with Avisel Garcia and Garrett Cooper out. I just, um, you know, when they return, he's going to have even less playing time unless he eats into Brian De La Cruz's playing time. Um, just, it's hard with these young players that aren't getting run versus, it's just lefties too. A lot of lefties that don't get the run, um, the, that full run that you like. So, it's hard to really roster him in a high, you know, in a, in, in smaller team leagues. It's the, fi- the 15 team leagues where you get a chance to at least play them a little bit and get some volume. Uh, but Joey Wendell returned to the starting lineup as shortstop for the Marlins. First game back, second game back, first game starting. Emmanuel Rivera went two for five with two runs, four hard hit balls. He's 8% owned in the mains. And that's only because he doesn't really play versus right-handed pitching, but he's smashing the ball. In 10 games since being called up, 13 for 33 with a 424 OBP, a 1.01 OPS, 188 ISO, 178 WRC plus, and a 10% barrel rate, 60% hard hit rate. So Emmanuel Rivera stinging the ball, just can't get the full-time PT. Another guy to really, really hard to roster unless you see um, a six-game week that Arizona has facing all lefties. It doesn't come across often, but if you do see it, Remember his name for sure, also, uh, or in in daily leagues, just be conscious of how well he hits lefties, and you could stream him into your lineup. Probably has some multi eligibility as well on some other sites. Um, all right, let's get into some injury news on the day. Looking at the Roto Wire injury news, Oswald Peraza lands on the IL finally with that high ankle sprain. Looks like Max Scherzer a little bit uncertain for today's start. Um, they David Peterson was pulled from his. Ch- Triple A start to come and join the team in Cincinnati. So be aware of the news before that. If you have Scherzer in your lineup for the week, it might be something you pull just on uh, just on precaution alone. Even if he does start and it's just a, a three innings pitch or something like that, but he does have a double start week, which which you know a lot of owners were counting on as part of you know a good week. But tough 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 break for the Mets and Max Scherzer for sure. Um, Jacob DeGrom had no time, no timetable now for mound work. Travis Jankowski is going on the IL. Max Fried, another pitcher-related injury. Oh, my God. Lands on the IL with a forearm strain. Mm. So, could be lengthy. Could be a lengthy stay. This won't be a short-term IL. That's what was quoted. Not good. Ramon Laureano does land in the concussion protocol after making an awesome play at the wall yesterday. Um, so, JJ, but they might be getting some more time, even if it's versus some lefties. We'll have to see about that, though. I'm sure we're going to find a way to not put him in the lineup. Um, Nico Horner is nursing a little hammy issue. We pulled up uh, as he was rounded second, going to third base yesterday. So keep an eye on that. He's having a fantastic season. I hope he doesn't get derailed a little bit. Ramon Urias also is dealing with a hammy strain. Pulled up right before first base on a single. Mitch Garver's target return date is still May 23rd. Got an extra bat into that lineup, which has been pretty good. Pretty sneaky lineup at Texas Rangers. Um, let's see. Johnny Cueto is diagnosed with an ankle sprain. Jared Cooper is beginning to ramp up his activities after being uh, having an inner ear infection. So... Look for him to get back into the team maybe at the end of the week if he doesn't need any rehab stint. Michael Brantley is not quite ready for a return. Hmm. He's with the team 
the rehab is fine, but it isn't quite ready to be activated off the 10-day injured list. <laughs> injured, almost ready, but not quite ready. Sure, <laughs> man, that's a word. That's a play on words if I ever saw one. Um, J.P. Crawford was scratched with knee discomfort. So he didn't play the last night game. Jose Caballero got the start. That's short. Um, Corey Seager's beginning a rehab stint on Thursday. So he should be activated pretty soon. See, so you no one Arenado was pulled with uh, neck stiffness. So he didn't play yesterday. Alex Wood could return earlier than expected. He's got a hammy problem. Looked stronger in his latest rehab appearance. And um, he feels ready. So a lot of people speculating on him. That probably, um, I don't know what that does for the, maybe that bumps Stripling out, uh, Sean Manai out. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Mike Stremski also thing with the Giants. He's making good progress, too, from a, another hammy issue. He's clear to hit and throw, and he's expected to run Tuesday. So maybe we'll get him back in about 10 days. Um, what else could we get involved here? Uh, I think that's it. It's all the fresh news. Uh, obviously, Mason Miller is dealing with elbow tightness. I'm sure everyone knows that by now. Uh, and he's heading back to the Bay Area to be evaluated. That stinks. Yeah, so that's it. So um, hope everyone enjoyed the pod. And again, if you're a first-time listener of the Hot Corner News and Notes, this is something I typically get into about four to five days a week. Um, I try to do it as much as I can. And usually the days that I miss, I, I maybe peek at the day before that I... Um, and and combine a little bit of the highlights as well. But yeah, it's... Uh, Really try to take a look at again the some of the lesser talked about players in the game and try to take a good snapshot of some league environments and you know stolen bases and um, barrels or whatever. So hope you enjoyed and uh, remember don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>